Welcome to another episode of Team Anywhere, where CEOs, leaders, and experts at building teams, companies, organizations, and amazing cultures share how to lead from anywhere in the world. I'm your co-host on the East Coast, Judy Bianco Mathis. And I'm your co-host on the West Coast, Mitch Simon. And we invite you to join us to Team Anywhere. connection between leadership and mindfulness? Is there a connection between profitability and mindfulness? What is the benefit of mindfulness on a remote team and why is it crucial now more than ever? On today's podcast, we interview Dr. Kellen Tsuk and find out how mindfulness was actually responsible for a company getting acquired. Hello and welcome to another episode of Team Anywhere. I'm your co-host on the West Coast, Mitch Simon, and on the East Coast, we have our co-host, Ginny Mathis. We're excited today to have on the podcast, Dr. Kirin Tsuk. Kirin is the founder and CEO of Wisdom to Lead and a keynote speaker on mindfulness-based leadership. She helps companies deal with their challenges and handle organizational tensions through mindfulness. She's also the host of a phenomenal podcast, Mind Your Leadership. So, Kevin, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you. Beautiful, beautiful. So let's just begin. Um, please tell us, uh, we're a year into uh, COVID. Please tell us how have thin things been for you over the last year and what are your challenges and what are your wins? So actually, my challenges were to adopt to the virtual world, I think, like everybody. So at the same time, it was my wins because it helped me to work virtually and expand my horizon. So, you know, once we embrace our challenges and don't let them stop us, we can reach our, extend our reach globally. So yeah. this is, was my main challenge, actually, in the last year. So now yeah. I'm facilitating my courses, my lectures, and meditation via Zoom. The only thing that I'm doing offline is a retreat once in a while, a facilitate face-to-face -face retreat. And you know, once the skies will, will be open, I will do it abroad. So looking forward to it. Okay, we uh, can't wait to see you here in San Diego. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> All right, great. And what have been, um, what have been your wins then? It sounds like in, the, in your challenges, you actually have a lot of wins. Uh, yes, and I also finished my book. I've written a book that will soon be published called Mindfully Wise Leadership. The secret of Very today's nice. leader. So it's also one of my wins uh, that will be out there. And the wins is to, I think, to work with people globally and to extend the reach. This is, as I feel, my win to extend my activity. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into mindfulness-based leadership? Okay. So uh, actually, I was raised in a home when my Dad was from the technology world, and my mom was from the spiritual and consciousness world. And I always looked to blend these two aspects in my life. So it was my question, leading question in my life. And I went to be an organization consultant to work with organizations and leaders to help them increase their self-awareness, their consciousness in order to lead better nowadays and at all. And then I went to, I conducted my PhD. I went to a, I did a case study. I was two years in a company, in a high tech company. 
And my leading question was, what is the role of leaders nowadays in leading financially successful organizations alongside motivating the employees for meaningfulness, intrinsic motivation, in order to enable them to fulfill themselves and to be creative and for the organization to be innovative. And I found that mindfulness is a crucial element that leaders will need to embrace nowadays. I'm hearing you. That leaders will need to embrace nowadays. And five years ago, I was invited to Hong Kong to Poly U, a, a professor who opened a second degree, their master degree called Executive Meaningfulness Innovative Leadership. And he actually opened a 30 hours component of mindfulness and he invited me to teach there. Yeah. Wow, that's that's pretty amazing. Yes, A and then I had this degree. Whoa. Yes. <laughs> so then I understood that this will be the tools I will bring. Then all the daughters are connected, and I understood that this will be the tools I will bring to leaders and organization in order to help them to lead from a better place. And great. So you're in your PhD. Did you find the connection? Did you find that connection between mindfulness and profits? I find that, yes, the main three characters of leaders nowadays in order to lead a financially successful organization is to be able to be mindful, to hold tensions. You know, the modern organization world has a lot of tensions between the short term and the long term, between speed and quality, between the employees' needs and the organization's needs. And once a leader acts from a presence and mindful place, he can hold the tensions and enable the right solution to emerge and to be innovative and uh, creative. Uh, so, and the last thing is leading from being as a servant, like mindful leadership is being able to connect deeper to ourselves and to really listen to our customers' needs, to our employees' needs, to the community, and to see how we can serve them better. So once we are acting from a present and mindful place and listening deeply, we can create and produce products and services that have value for customers, right? And then we can yes. succeed. It's a win-win. The people, planet, profit par paradigm. It's a new paradigm, actually. So, uh, Kevin, could you paint a picture? My favorite uh, coaching phrase. Can you paint a picture of a mindful leader talking to a hybrid team, some are in the office, some are out, you know, scattered all over the world, maybe. And the leader is being mindful and role modeling that because that is what he or she wants the team to do. What mm -hmm. kinds of things, um, behaviors, might you be encouraging that leader uh, to do, to say, etc.? Amazing. I love this question because it's really practical. So opening a meeting, first of all, I will do a checkup. Ask each participant uh, on the scale of one to 10, how present is he right now? You know, because usually when we come to the meeting via Zoom, my head can be with my kids, I can be distracted. But once I'm saying it and talking it and putting it on the table, I can be more present here with you in this meeting. So th this is the first thing. And you know, now through the pandemic that all of us work remotely, I think the anxiety increase, uh, increases and the stress. Uh, so I think you can invite people to speak and be, uh, be empathic toward them and say, okay, you know, 
Johnny, I see you stressed. How can I be here with you? How do you need me to be here with you? And also being vulnerable and sharing with your employees what you feel right now. Mm-hmm. You know, so one of my of the managers who went through my course, we talked about, we touched upon the vulnerability, the ability to be vulnerable and connected to our own feelings and to share them and to be empathic. And she, she told me that she went through a very difficult year because she also, as all of us, went through the pandemic. But beyond that, she, was, she divorced this year and she has two little kids. So she was wow. really, and she's a senior manager, you know, so she really was holding all it, of it inside of her. And after the course, she said, okay, I'm going to share with my team. And she told me that she was really vulnerable and share with them what she went through this year and the divorce and the tough um, situation she was in. And she said, wow, it was amazing. Everybody yes. was so empathic toward her. And she legit- legitimized for the, her employees to also be vulnerable. So one of them said, you know, I feel really lonely nowadays. Another said, I feel really anxiety and stress. So being a leader and being authentic and vulnerable, you create space for others to be present with, with what it is not right now. And once you see people and you connect in a deeper level, people will engage with you and you can do yes. everything with them. And also the ROI will increase because. So, and that's no where your servant leadership comes in. Karen, I would like to ask for, um, for those of us who, who don't have a lot of practice in being empathetic mm-hmm. and we have, um, and what we're finding here in the United States, I'm sure you're finding the same where you are in Israel is with the different generations, right? So if I'm, um, if I'm a boss and then let's say I'm in my fifties and I don't have kids at home and I have a nice house with lots of rooms. And then one of my teammates um, says, gosh, I'm really stressed out. I've got kids or I'm going through something really. Then how do you help that leader empathize or commiserate or connect to someone if they haven't really practiced being empathetic and being connected to that type of, let's say, uncomfortable emotion? You know, it's a great question. I don't know if I have a, a, an answer if it doesn't embrace the mindfulness because I will go back for, to understand what does mindfulness means to our listeners who doesn't know, and then we'll elaborate on it, and hopefully I will answer it. So for me, being actually the classical definition of mindfulness of Dr. John kabat is the ability to be present here and now intentionally and in a non-judgmental way, okay? So now when I'm present with you in this podcast, I'm fully with you. I'm not in my wandering mind thinking what was happening in my, with my kids on Zoom, not Zoom. I'm here fully with you, okay? My definition for mindfulness, it's the ability to be aware of an experience that we are going through. It can be a thought that runs through my uh, mind. It can be an emotion that I'm feeling. It can be a process that I'm going through, like the coronavirus all of us are going through, in a non-judgmental way and without being managed by it. Let me give you an example. What does it mean? Okay, because it helps us to understand. So if I'm really feeling stressed right now when I'm sitting in a meeting and I'm stressed, okay, so if I want acknowledge and give place to this emotion and connect to it, probably it will manage me. 
and I will be stressful during the meeting and I won't be with you, right? So it will manage my being, my doing. But once I will acknowledge it and even will share with my team or with my manager, say, you know, I'm really stressed right now. I don't know what to do with it, but this is what I'm feeling right now. So for the manager, so it helped me to observe it, but not being managed by it. So as a manager, if one of my employees will say it, or if I can see it, I will say, okay, you know, Johnny, I, I see that you're stressed. I can understand your stressful situation with your kids. Let's th- maybe let's think together how we can make it more productive, this meeting. Maybe if we can move it a little bit, the meeting, maybe, I don't know, you want to do a break, five, 10 minutes to finish your things out there and come fresh to the meeting. So it's like being curious, also seeing the other people and giving them place and giving place to his emotion. That's okay. You know, as leaders and I think as people, we really go, we are scared to feel because we scared that it will flood us, right? And we don't want to be able to deal with it. But once we don't touch it, it floods us. But if we're working with it, we can manage it and not ignore it. So, you know, I think as people in the Western world, we, we really learn to disconnect for our emotion because we are scared. So most of the day we're working from our mind. But, you know, at the end of the day, all the creativity and compassion and passion, it's in our heart. And we want to be creative and compassionate, yeah. closing this part within us. So mindfulness enables us to be more complete, to work also with our, our minds, but also connected to our heart in a, without being managed by it, but managing our emotions and our process that we are going through. Why is mindfulness so important today? So there are a few reasons. First of all, we are in the midst of the transformation of the coronavirus pandemic outbreak. And it's transforming the way we live as well as the economic and the business world. And as managers who want to run successful, creative, and innovative companies, we need to be flexible in our thinking and innovative and rapidly adjust to the changing needs of the environment and the market. So we need to adopt new tools to motivate our organization to be at the cutting edge. So this is the first thing. The second thing, you know, we're living in uncertain times. Today is the corona. Tomorrow it will be something else. I think a crucial element of leaders nowadays is the ability to be present in the uncertain times and have an anchor and present and not be moved from the winds of change, you know, because otherwise we will lose it. The other important aspect that we need, uh, in, we are in the times of a great racial and political diversity and tensions. And I think we need as leaders and managers to increase our ability to be compassionate and empathic toward others. Uh, so I think this is the main aspect. And again, today we are working remotely. The anxieties on the rise, stressful situations, people feeling lonely. So again, we need to embrace and to increase our ability to connect better with people and to see them as human to deepen the connection through this technological world. So I think this is the main crucial uh, things we need to embrace the mindfulness aspect in the day-to-day. So can you, um, I, I know we've already asked you for a couple of examples. We're gonna, I'm going to ask you for a lot of examples today. That's good. I have a lot of, <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, so I'm, I'm, an, I'm a manager and um, and I'm facing lots of change. 
and I'm facing, uh, you know, all my teammates are, you know, across the planet and I'm, I feel like I'm losing connection with them. What, so what do I do? Like, what do I, what do I do? And, and how, how does it help? First of all, I think you can, it's important to connect to each and every one of them one-on-one. You can uh, uh, set a meeting uh, via Zoom and speak with them and be present with them. See how they feel, how they handle in this situation. How can you be there for them? We talked about leader as a servant. How can I serve my employees? What do they need from me right now? And, you know, sometimes they only want you to listen and be with them. You know, as leaders, we learn that we need to bring the answer, the solution, but that's not right anymore. We need to be present. And sometimes when we are just present with our employees, things get resolved quicker and they get what they need only by you listening and they are talking and then the solution can emerge. You don't need to bring the solution. So first of all, I think you need a one-on-one connection. And with the team, I really encourage you to, to... have a, t- a meeting, not instrumental meeting, meeting to connect. You know, you can also only start the meeting 10 minutes uh, in a, for, from a deeper connection to invite each and everyone to share his experience this week. Maybe something good that he went through, maybe it's challenging times, maybe what he's struggling with, whatever you want to bring to the table. But invite people to be present beyond the results, beyond the efficiency and when there's a connection and people f- uh, feeling seen, they will really connect and engage. So I think this is, you know, it's looked like in a paradoxical way, a waste of time. But at the end of the day, it really increases the productivity and the teamwork. So this is my advice for leaders who want to engage the people in these challenging times. Um, so Kevin, should we have been doing this before the pandemic? Or is it just now that we should be taking on these mindfulness practices? No, you know, as Dr. John Kabazin say, if till now it was a vitamin, now it's crucial, we need it. So we always needed to do it, to connect as human beings, to be human, to be present. But nowadays it, we must do it. Otherwise we really will lose the people. And we also, we lose ourselves. Look, it's a challenging time for each and every one of us, also for leaders, for managers, for individuals, it doesn't matter. So it's also a tool to stop pause and be present with ourselves also and you know when we are practicing mindfulness we're also practicing the ability to accept ourselves and be compassionate toward ourselves you know my viewpoint is that we can't be for other more than what we are for ourselves so i can't love anybody then more than i love myself right i if i'm judgmental toward myself I will be judgmental toward my employee because I don't know something else. So we really, it starts within us. You know, for me, leadership, the foundation of leadership nowadays is the self-management. It's the ability to manage our internal world, our thoughts, our emotion, the process that we are going through, our time. And leading from this place, we're leading from an example. So we walk the talk. So if, like, if I set a meeting and don't attend my own meeting on time, how will be people engaged? Apparently, they won't engage, right? However, when I'm starting with myself and then I engage people, I'm leading by example, so people will follow me. So it's the same thing, accepting as and as I practice more mindfulness, I'm less judgmental, and then I can be more acceptance of other people. It doesn't mean that I don't need to be demanding, you know. 
I can be demanding, but I can also be human and see the person and the struggle is going through. It's this what I talked about holding the tension, right? Holding the tension between the need of the company right now to deliver and the needs of the employee. And when we're present, we can handle it better and find the accurate solution. I love, I was just going to ask you about the tension part. So let's say I have a team who happens to be out in Chicago. I'm, I'm wherever. I'm in a different location. And they're not meeting the product delivery date or something like that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I have been trying, you know, I try to be mindful. I have the regular meetings. And yet I have to address this issue. How do I do this in a mindful way? Okay. So first of all, you know, in my um, research, I found a crucial uh, tool that I call it a central tool. I call it dialogue spaces. What does it mean? It means being present in the meeting and bringing myself fully and listening to the other person. So, you know, I can say, okay, you know, we have an issue now because we didn't deliver and we need to deal with it. So, I want to share with you what I feel regarding it and my viewpoint, and I would be happy to invite you to share your viewpoints and what you feel regarding this issue. And let's hold this place for a moment. Let's be in the uncertain area. Maybe we won't come to a conclusion in this meeting, and that's okay. So I'm le- given legitimized to not know the answer, to be in the uncertain, and to respect other people, even that we are we don't need to agree, okay? But we, for a minute, pausing and listening and being present. And when we enable in this space and really listening and something, the accurate solution will emerge. And it maybe it will emerge beyond each and every one of us. It will be a different solution. It won't be what I thought in the beginning and not what which thought and not, but we'll find the accurate solution that will be the better solution. And one more follow-up question to that. So here I am. I'm having this discussion. I, I've i been practicing trying to be mindful. I'm using some good dialogue. Something happens in the meeting, and I go off the rails. Mm-hmm. I'm out of mindfulness. What do you suggest to leaders? How do I bring that back? Okay. You know, I, I talked about it before. When I speak, when I teach in my course and I th- say we need we have two uh, layers of communication. We have the rational communication that we're really good in it uh, in the organization world and the emotional uh, discourse that we don't use usually. So, you know, if someone went and uh, lost it or even I lost it, I say, okay, look, I'm so, I'm, I want to pause for a minute. I feel I lost it. I feel I'm really angry and the anger um, managed me right now. So I want to pause and to set back and maybe to invite other people uh, to talk. Or if another, my employee uh, get angry and started shouting so I can reflect upon it and say, okay, uh, Johnny, I see you are really stressed right now. I see you. However, let's see how we can talk in a different way to engage people. Maybe share with us your experience. You know, when we share the experience, it's not a finger pointing communication. We're not judging each other. We're trying to really... Uh, be present with the different experiences that people are exper- going through. And from this place, we can listen deeper to what's needed right now. 
and you know maybe he's really stressful because he promised the client to bring to deliver on time and he did and now we need to confront his uh, client he, he doesn't feel comfortable with it that's legitimate right so even me as a, another employee that I'm listening to him I say okay I can understand that he's angry I, I would also be angry if I was in his shoes so it's broaden our perspective it enables us to see broad, the broader picture and not act upon our emotions but the tips that I give to leaders it's there to speak the emotion I know it's not a common language but there to say what you feel you know I feel uncomfortable right now you even know, don't we don't even know to name it because we don't use the language so even say you know I, I feel confused right now I want to pause it for a moment this is what I'm feeling I don't know to say anything beyond this but this is what my experience right now is it any other person wants to share with us how we experience this meeting great that's great uh, a question I have is Karen I'd love to know um, of any we use the word interventions. I'd love to know of any um, case studies where you have entered uh, a company that, let's say, um, definitely could use greater mindfulness. Perhaps I'm, I'm sure they didn't call you up and say, oh, you know, what we're lacking is mindfulness. And um, they probably had an issue mm -hmm. and you came in and helped them. And I'd love for you to kind of share with us maybe an example of, of mm -hmm. how you helped a team work. Great. So I have a lot of examples that I would pick one. <laughs> so I had a co-founders, two co-founders of a startup company that they almost were acquired, but they didn't. And they were like in a trauma experience and they had a new opportunity to be acquired by a new company. And then they called me to help them, you know, to succeed with this requirement. And I started working with the co-founders and first we made the clarity about the motivation and the ability to work together and then we coordinated the expectations. But along the way, I understood that they have a VP, a senior VP, that he, he was very professional in his doing. However, he didn't have a, a social skills. So he was shouting at everybody and people left the company because of his behavior. And, you know, it was a startup company. It's like it was 10, 20 people. You can feel each and every person. So it's really cr crucial. And through the process, I saw that the leaders, they couldn't see the effect this manager had on their company. People who live in were afraid of him. And because, you know, the manager, that the CEO had a few things that... It was um, thinking about, he was, first of all, he was afraid to confront this manager. It was the worst fear ever he had. The other one was, he was afraid of the monitine of the, of the company. What will happen to the company when he leave and what will he say about the company? It can ruin the company. And the third thing that we're thinking about is they really needed this position. If they will let them go, you know, in the startup nation, they needed, they were scared that they won't have a, the, the right people there and they will lose their ability to deliver and, and act. So this is what he was scared about. And through the process, so he was really acting upon his fear, you know, because the, the fear blinded him. He couldn't see the impact it had on his company or the fear that he had. So through the process, I reflected him, the fear, and I was present with this fear. I gave it legitimization. I said, That's, it's okay to, to be scared, to confront him. That's that's okay, but I also had them to connect to the broader picture beyond 
the feeling that made him freeze. And once he could connect to the broader picture, he dared to be present to feel his fear, but not let it manage him, but manage his fear. And he started having a difficult conversation with this VP and uh, reflecting him that and started putting boundaries and saying, okay, we can go on like this. We need to see what's, are we going forward? And it was really from a respectful place. And you know what was amazing for me? I wasn't present in this conversation, you know, because it was their conversation. However, it was amazing because after only a few meetings they had between them from a really respectful place, the VP understood that it's time for him to go on. And for no hard feelings, they understood that it's finished and that's okay. And so what was amazing for me even beyond this, that only one week after he left, they found the accurate person for their job. So it was amazing, you know. When you're really working from a respectful place for the people, for the process, things are synchronized, right? And it's like investing minimum effort and getting the maximum results and being in a flow situation. So for me, it was really exciting. Karen, it's like, so what's the ROI on mindfulness? Oh, we just got, you know, several million (laughs) dollars acquired, you know, but, you know, it's not that important. (laughs) So great. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Is there anything we haven't asked you that, uh, that we should be asking you about mindfulness? That you didn't ask me? No, I think we, will you ask me that? You know, I can talk till tomorrow. You know? I got <laughs> I, that. I, yeah, I know. Great. But yeah, I think, I, no, I think the crucial element, yes, that I want to leave people with is there to listen to yourself, there to connect to yourself. It's scary sometimes, you know, people, we are not regular to listen to ourselves. We are so distracted listening outside, but we have wisdom within ourselves. And we usually live the life through our mind. But the mind is one tool. We have a lot of wisdom with that in ourselves, our, our uh, intuition, our uh, sensations, our emotion, and, and it comes and tells us something. Dare to listen to it, you know. Another nice example uh, for this, for listening to our intuition, one of my clients was in a junk, uh, in a point that she needed to decide where to go. She was looking for a, a new uh, job. And she had two options. One of the options was a big company with a big monitoring and people told her in a high salary. So people told her, you should go to this company for sure. No questions. And she had another offer, a smaller company and with less uh, good uh, condition, but uh, wait. But she said, I don't know, something feels in my stomach, to, in my belly to go to this options. But she was pondering it and she decided to go with her uh, intuition and, you know, it was amazing because only a few weeks after she decided to go with her intuition and to listen to your heart, to her heart, the bigger company uh, lost the... Yeah, wow. And if she would have listened to the destruction outside, she would get... get she would need it to find another job. <laughs> and so, you know, it's listen to your intuition, dare to listen. And even if you don't know what does it mean, ponder with it. Take the time. Stay with it. Go to sleep with it. Be with it for a few days. It's okay. You know, sometimes it, it will be more productive to take this few days than run on automatic behavior and not listen to all the messages that we have along the way. So this is what I 
came to my mind yeah. when you asked me. Yeah, I would love, uh, Ginny, I would love to uh, bring Kiran back on and just do a whole hour on intuition. Because mm -hmm. intuition is what completely changed my life. And we don't, at least, we don't talk about it. We don't know what it is. We don't know how to listen to it. or we know, But we're really good at avoiding it. Yeah. Um, well, great, Kiran. This, um, this was fantastic. And uh, I love this. I could, and you could talk forever and I could listen forever. <laughs> it's a good match. <laughs> I know. And what I'd like to know is, when is what is the title, title of your book and when is it coming out? My title of the book is Mindfully Wise Leadership, The Secret of Today's Leaders. And it will come in a few a few months, I, June, July. I don't know yet the accurate date, but when I will know it, I will be happy to share with you. Great. How many? In what languages will it be? It will be in English at the beginning. It will be in English. Fantastic. Fantastic. Okay, great. That's June, July. So we're having you back on the show in June, July. Great. And how can we find you? So you can also, as you said, I have my own podcast called Mind, Mind Your Leadership. Great. And you can visit my uh, website www.wisdomtolead.co and on uh, LinkedIn, on uh, Twitter, Facebook, you know, social media. <laughs> Great. We'll put all those links in there. Well, um, Ginny and I would love to thank you. Ginny, uh, any closing remarks? Uh, yes. Um, just, uh, I'd love, and we can pick up on this maybe in our, in another podcast in a way you need to, it's trust. Tr when you go to mindfulness, Mindfulness, you can trust yourself, your own intuition and learn mm -hmm. how to do that and trust those that you're interacting with and you'll get the higher performance out of both. Amazing. That's just wonderful. That's Great. awesome. And it's really important. The trust issue, it's the basic today to lead, trust ourselves, our Great. pattern. And I'm walking away uh, in this podcast with, you know, follow your intuition, um, be mindful, and people will buy your company. I just love that. So thank you very much, Kevin. And thank you, Ginny. And thank you all of our listeners to another incredible episode of Team Anywhere. We will see you next time.